Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. I'm your host, Linda Ugalo, and on this show I interview artists, healers, changemakers, and entrepreneurs about what fires them up and how they put their dreams into action. And I'm really excited to have on my show today a woman who has owned her business for 14 years. She helps people connect their businesses with other cultures across the globe. Welcome, Wendy Pease. Thank you, Linda. It's great to be here. Now tell me about what your business is about. So we connect people across languages and cultures, no matter the language. Uh, so we do written translation and spoken interpretation. Those terms are used interchangeably oftentimes, but they really have a specific meaning in the industry. So and we provide cultural adaptations, so we make sure any communications that are going out are appropriate for the audience that you're trying to communicate with. So we get into creating materials, cultural diversity, so anything that's going from one language and one culture to another, um, except for teaching. We mm -hmm. don't get into teaching of languages. Now, who might use this and in what, what context? So there's uh, large companies that are international and they have employees all over the place, so they might need to communicate with their employees. So newsletters, internal communications, benefits about the company. There's, uh, and then also in their marketing and legal departments when they're doing business internationally. Then there are smaller companies that are selling internationally, and this area has just skyrocketed because with the internet, you can put something up, and if somebody internationally wants it, they can buy right off your website. So we're seeing a lot smaller companies requesting translation so they can sell internationally. So this is for products generally? Products and services. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it can be both. Mm -hmm. And then the third area is in the United States. So there are some areas like education, healthcare, and law where it is the law that you have to provide in language communications. Uh, so we work with um, you know, schools, government agencies, lawyers, courts to provide communications in that area. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of emergency situations if you heard the fire truck go by. <laughs> right. um, and then also there are um, many non-English speakers in the United States that want to buy goods and services and if you provide in-language marketing materials and information you can see your business increase. Oh interesting. Mm -hmm. So there may be pockets of people from particular cultures that have settled in some area and if you are a local business you may want to reach out and appeal to that demographic. Exactly and if you look at all the major car manufacturers and restaurants, insurance carriers, um, they're all advertising in, in on Spanish TV so for you know just for kicks sometimes I'll go over to Telemundo and I'll watch and I'll see what companies are advertising on there so the big big companies are certainly accessing these markets in the United States. Mm -hmm. So how did you how did you get into this work? What's your story? Oh my story. So I, I have to show you this picture of my kids that I brought because it all ties into this. So these are my boys and this is my younger one who's 14. His name is David and I was laid off on both maternity leaves. Yeah. Most of the time people say well isn't that illegal? Well it is, but it happens. 
And I was really tired of working in a corporate setting because Tuesday nights were the worst for me. I always felt it was so far away from the weekend. You know, Monday you're exhausted from the weekend. So you kind of get back into work and you're, you know, doing your checklist. And then by Thursday or Friday you're saying the weekend's close enough, I'm going to see my kids. But Tuesday nights were horrible. So when I was laid off, um, I decided to go out and network and try to figure out what my next position was going to be. And I ran into somebody at a private equity conference that said, um, buy a business. And I kind of laughed. I said, you know, I've been in the, you know, the venture capital industry working at their portfolio companies. I don't have the money to buy a company. But lo and behold, there's websites out there like buyabusiness.com or bizbuysell that you can go on and find companies for sale. So this little guy who's now 14, he was six months old and I closed on a business. Um, that and did was you find services. it online? Yes. No kidding. No. And the woman that had owned it before had run it, started it when her kids were young and she had run it and just was ready to move on and do something else. That's amazing. And what appealed to you about this particular business? Why translation? So I've always been in business to business services and I love languages and cultures and travel. Um, I lived internationally when I was a kid. So when I saw this, it kind of piqued my interest and then started digging into it more and more and thought, wow, this is, I could do this. Um, it'd be very interesting. At one point, it looked like the deal was going to fall through, and I had hired a broker to help me, which is, is kind of unusual. Usually, there's a seller's broker. And um, he said, well, you know, they're not all meant to be, but we have this other great business for sale. You know, you could think about doing this one. And I said, well, what is it? And he said, well, imagine you're on Martha's Vineyard, and you're out, and there's all these tables set up with tablecloths blowing in the wind and there's going to be a nice you know dinner party out there he says it's it's providing these tablecloths for businesses and um, you know receptions and conferences um, and and you could do that and to me all I could see was endless laundry <laughs> trucks to deliver I, I went it's just not me I just don't have the passion about it and mm -hmm. you know it was a profitable good business I just didn't have the passion so luckily Rapport International came through and I got to work in my passion so did you feel though that the passion was there right away or did you become passionate from working in it well the the passion the interest was there right away the interest because yeah. of your your interest in cultures and having lived overseas where did you live in Mexico, Taiwan, and the Philippines. So this was through my elementary school years. Mm -hmm. And so I went to a half Spanish-speaking, half English school in Mexico City. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my strongest second language, but you know, I speak the business side. The people, the linguists that we work for are fully bilingual. They specialize in their subject matter areas. Um, they're 
very intelligent people. So my language skills have actually decreased <laughs> because <laughs> you've, you've left say, it to the other. I experts. leave it to the experts, but I, you know, I get to love being in it and helping people solve their problems and figure out their languages. Right. So you yeah. you run the business. I run the business, and I have a staff of project managers and a marketing person who are. Uh, it's fabulous working with them because when I started, it was me alone till I grew big enough to hire people. And now it's just such a different environment. I've got people that are in it with me. They're connected. They're doing things. They understand it. We can talk about strategy and how to get things done and changes. So I'm very, very blessed right now. Yeah. So how do you, how do you find the right people to work with? Like, how do you create that culture where everybody is like on the same page? Well, it's kind of interesting because we started, I, I'm a huge believer in culture. I mean, I'm, I'm very much a driven person and I like the sales, marketing and business development area of it. So when we started out, I put our goals down, but more and more I'm realizing that, you know, our culture can be summarized to got your back. Mm. And the team that I have now, and it's, amazing people that have come on and stayed on and if somebody has to be out another person will fill in for them and who I've targeted to hire a lot of moms that want to return to work because mm. we're virtual um, it works really well for us because we do have to be accessible sometimes off hours um, and so the moms are really motivated they're capable of multitasking they're very bright um, and they have created this culture of really got your back. And then we have 100% on-time delivery rate. Wow. Yeah. And I'm realizing it's because these people who are watching each other's back are also watching out for the client to make sure they get what they need in a timely basis. Wow. So, so what is it like uh, as a business owner to you know, take on the responsibility of running this in terms of your own life. You've got two kids. Like, yes. how do you make it all work? It's, you know, I have an MBA, and I was in my 20s, very push-driven, worked hard. And when I bought this business, um, I wanted to do it to have the flexibility of time. I still work hard, I still love to work, but I want to be there for my kids because that time goes so fast. So there was a point when I was thinking, oh, we're not growing fast enough, or oh, we didn't, you know, we're not doing this, that I stepped back and I said, now wait a minute, my goal here is to be here with my kids. So maybe we're not growing at 50%, but when you're growing 10 to 30% every year and you're retaining clients and you're enjoying what you do, I have to, I'm not good at stopping and saying, oh, we're doing a good job. So that's what I've been working a lot with on a business coach to recognize where we have come. So yeah, running a business, raising the kids, um, managing the household. I like to work out and stay healthy, so I do that every day. So everything has its time and place and not going for perfection all the time. Hmm. Well, I would yeah. say 10 to 30% growth a year with retention of your clients and time to do what you want. 
Yes. That sounds like a, a success. I, it is. It is. Now, on the other side of me, I can say, oh, man, I thought we'd be twice the size as we are now, and this is what I wanted to accomplish, and why isn't this done already? So I'm tr I try to balance those voices. But it's nice to have goals and to have something to expand into. I mean, it would be a little boring if you got there already. And oh, but like, you can always look for the next <laughs> and the next. And we do. We always do, don't we? Yes, we do, particularly yeah. as business owners. Yeah. Yes. Well, something I did in my past life was farm. And as yeah. a farmer, you get to have this seasonal uh, tempo. So let's say you had a bad crop in tomatoes or cucumbers. Yes, yes. You didn't get a chance the same year. You had to wait a whole other season before you could try again and do tweak it and get a better do result. Do you bring that into now your I think it's, training for speakers? Well, I feel like it's just what I bring to being a business owner oh, is this yeah. idea that, you know what, we're not on a race here. That yeah. we can think more seasonally, we can have delayed gratification, and right. really, as you are learning to do right now, really celebrate what is rather than bemoaning what isn't yet. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a good way to look at it about farming, particularly because my older son, Robert, you know, I just pointed down to the picture I had held up earlier, um, wants to go into farming. And it, it really is going with the seasons and pulling Yeah, it's that a out. different yeah. pace and yes. a different mindset. And it was something I had to adjust to. Right, right. Yeah, you yeah. can't you can't push the season. You can't push nature. No, you certainly can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but with our technology, we have that capability to push the limits, and we can get really stuck in that false sense of we must. We must. We must do it right now. We mm -hmm. must respond to everything right now. So mm -hmm. it is. There are times when. I go out for a morning walk or run or when I swim, it definitely has to happen. I leave my phone and I give myself that time to free think, mm, nice. which I think is so important. Yeah. So mm -hmm. having that creative space. Yes. Yes. That's a great tip for yes. people to have, you know, a time without their phone. I'll take that. Yes. Advice. <laughs> I give you something, I'll take something from you. Okay, I'll bring the farming seasons, you take the space. <laughs> right. So um, you mentioned speaking, and you speak yourself, don't you? Yes, yes. And do you speak, what is your topic? Is it about your business, or what do you speak on? Uh, ironically, just this morning, I spoke at a seminar on becoming an employer of choice because it's very difficult to find good employees right now. And if you open up and look for a diverse community or even people that don't speak English, there are ways to make that work. And all the statistics now show that um, being a diverse company, your returns are higher. I mean, they can track that. And if you're not a diverse company, you're in the bottom quartile. You're just not you know, like hanging out in the middle of the pack. You actually don't perform as well. Why, what do you think accounts for that? Well, it's definitely you're bringing people with different opinions. So different opinions are going to make a, a better um, product, service, decision. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also if you have a diverse face out to your market, you're going to draw people like into you. Absolutely. Yeah. If your company represents what you look like, then you feel more inclined to do business with them. Yes. Yes. That's great. And so you and you provide some of those services that allow uh, more of a diverse culture within a business. How does that how does that work? 
Well, there's, so say you decide you want to hire, um, you need to hire, and you've got a position that could be done by Spanish speakers. So how, you've got to develop a strategy about how you're going to reach out to those people. You've got to look at your technology and process about how you're going to actually communicate with these people. Are you going to hire a manager that is bilingual so then they can give direction? Um, when you have to give benefits information out, do you bring in an interpreter to help facilitate the conversation? Do you provide HR materials in, um, in language? Like, do you translate it into Spanish so people have access to it? Um, how are you going to screen people so you make sure? So we help people figure that out. And then quality, the quality can differ for what you need. So if you're if you're somebody's trying to tell you that they're not going to be in tomorrow you can go on google translate it's free it's fast um, and you can communicate something like that now we don't recommend any kind of machine translation for something that can affect your bottom line mm -hmm. uh, marketing legal financial then we really suggest that you get a qualified linguist to do the work yes because communication is very subtle isn't it yes yes and there's three thousand to 6,000 new words added a year to language. There's, you know, like selfie and selfie stick and um, what are, um, social see, BOGO, media terms. Yeah. Um, BOGO, what's that? Buy one, get one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a new one for yeah, me. So there, yeah, so I mean, there's words added all the time, you know, you want to Google something, insert, mm -hmm. you know, so technology terms in particular. And I hear the dictionaries dropping off some terms, I think it was mulberry or something like that. It was some um, agriculture term that they dropped off. Not mulberry. I mean, mulberry's a tree. You can't, like, drop a tree. I, I, it was <laughs> Something like that Something that was like very that. recognized. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wasn't raspberry, wasn't blueberry, so yeah. How interesting, yeah. yeah. So, so I spoke on employer of choice, mm -hmm. and then I also do a lot of speaking on um, marketing. Mm -hmm. How do you make a plan to reach out in your marketing, figuring out what, what products are going to be desired by a marketplace either here in the US or internationally how do you coordinate your website how do you do your inbound marketing so we specialize a lot in that mm-hmm so your company works uh, supports those services yes oh yeah we're a HubSpot partner HubSpot is a is a marketing platform and we've got some automatic connections and to WordPress websites that we can help companies automatically update their content um, in the right languages. So why did you decide uh, to speak? Is it something that you felt like, I like being in front of people, or you felt it was a good marketing tool? What, what was your motivation? I think, you know, it's, I'm all about connecting people and communication. So in business school, we did have a, a speaking class that we took, so we got some training. As part of another organization, Count Me In, it's no longer around, but we had a speech coach there. Um, that gave all sorts of suggestions. So I think what you do is fabulous on just how to, you know, the power positions, the breathing, the how to articulate. I'm probably talking too much with my hands for video. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it, and it's an area, I've done some Toastmasters, so it's an area that I like. And plus, um, we're experts on translation and marketing translation. So trying to get the word out there about what we do, speaking is a great way to do it. Mm. So what has it done for your business, do you think? 
Oh, people do remember. So I was on a, um, a panel years ago because I had, when I was laid off on my second maternity leave, I had outplacement services and they asked me to come back a year or two afterwards to talk about how I leveraged the services and then um, what I was doing now. And so the whole audience was people looking for jobs. They had gone through layoffs. They were getting the outplacement services. Mm -hmm. Two years later, somebody called me up and says, you know, at the time, I never thought I'd have a need for your services, but here we are. And you spoke at that, and I kept your card, so can you help me with translation? Wow, that's yes. fantastic. Yes, it's yeah. That it lives on. Yes. And people, and people do remember. They are impacted when they see you speak and listen to you. What you have to offer, yeah. yeah. You can get that one nugget out of a talk. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. So, how often do you speak? This fall, I've had five speaking engagements, so that's a lot. I think usually it's you know two, three times a year. Uh huh. Yeah. And is it something that you feel you know you've always felt comfortable with? You know, once you learned the skills, or was it something that you felt like you had to warm up to? No, I think I've always liked it. I mean, it goes along with the sales and marketing and being with people and, and uh, connecting. So I think I've seen that as a, a way to connect. That's great. Yeah. So when you help other people to market themselves, is speaking something that you suggest to them? Oh, absolutely. Is it saying that they say, oh, yeah, I'm ready for that? or? No, what I try to do is I try to pull in other people. So this morning, um, we had a, a client of ours and somebody that I met on LinkedIn that I had formed relationships with both. We got together for lunch and um, it was um, Chris Grasso from TMP Worldwide. They do branding for employers to become an employer of choice and Tom Perel of Gallagher and they do benefits packages. So we're sitting there and I said, you know guys, we really should do a talk about becoming an employer of choice. And so the idea was born and we put this together and the three of us spoke and Tom had done, he's, he played football and he's coached and he does sales presentations, but he had never done a seminar. So it was his first time. So uh, Carol Copeland Thomas, who does diversity consulting, she'd work through us if people are interested in how to launch a diverse diversity program within their company. Mm -hmm. um, she and I have spoken two times and she just did a diversity conference and asked me to run a round table for her. Mm. So looking, I mean, I love speaking with other people because we can usually find a commonality. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I just as you mentioned that this one colleague, it was his first time, it's nice yes. to do it in collaboration. Yes, yes. Because it gives you that extra boost and security of not having the full responsibility to carry it yourself. And plus, for the audience, if you've got three speakers that are speaking for a shorter time for an hour, an hour and a half presentation, mm -hmm. if there's a speaker you don't take to or the information's not there, at least you've, you've kind of separated out who's talking. So I think it's more engaging and interesting for the audience right, too. Right, right. Yeah. So what would you recommend you know, for people who would love to represent their company with speaking, but they're kind of on the fence about it? I think they should get in touch with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Wendy. Yeah, I wasn't fishing for that, but no, I'll I take it. Weren't. But here's why I say that. If you're thinking about speaking, if you develop the confidence on how to speak, knowing how to set an agenda, how to stay on point, how to watch the time, how to get rid of your nerves, how to present, 
if you have the, the, the basis for that, it takes away the nervousness about presenting. You learn that, and then you can speak about the topic that you're expert mm. on. And once you have the, the comfort and the skills, and the knowledge about it, then it, then it makes speaking much easier. And mm -hmm. hopefully you can help people find speaking engagements too. Mm. That, that begins the next question. That's another, that's the, the business side of it all. Yes, yeah. yes. What yeah. do you wish you knew earlier on in your business that you know now? Um, what do I wish I knew? I mean, there's so much. Um, I guess the belief in myself um, so I really believe that if you're bound to be an entrepreneur, you have that inner voice that just says you've got the drive, you've got to do it. Because there's research that shows it doesn't matter the industry, the experience, the education, how you come to your business. None of that makes a difference as to what's going to be a successful entrepreneur. So I think there's that inner voice that says, I need to do it. And I think entrepreneurs have this special blend of... I'm just going to make it happen. And it's been only over the last year or two where I kind of go, oh, you know, I do have something here. I do have a nice business. I do have good relationships with my coworkers that I really cherish. Um, we have grown even though, you know, I've been raising children and trying to stay healthy and went through a divorce and all that. I don't think I truly believed in myself. And so, and I look at so many people and respect them and find value in everybody that um, I'm trying to say, okay, find the value in myself too. So I think that's a huge lesson for everybody to just recognize what they bring to the table. Thank you for that. That's very perceptive and encouraging. Yeah. You know, that we can do that at any stage. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So how can people find you online? And do you, did you say you have a gift for people? Who oh, yes. Yeah. So I was talking about experts and marketing translation. When I start working with people, oftentimes I find they have a lot of questions. Or they'll start with, I want to do my whole website. And it's a huge website. And it's going to be very expensive. But really, they're only trying to do certain things. So we have a free um, marketing translation tips and tricks. So if you go to our website, you can download that. And our website is www.rapporttranslationswithans.com. And rapport is like the French word building rapport, R-A-P-P-O-R-T, translations.com. And then if you just go to the marketing section and scroll down, you can see download our free ebook. So people have found that very handy for just getting to know the industry and how to think about it or how to improve upon what they're already doing. Well, this has been so edifying and kind of exciting how you're making the world a smaller, more connected place. Yes, that's my passion. Thank <laughs> you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled you were here. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you happen to have a speaking engagement coming up and would love a little extra confidence, be sure to download my free guided visualization for speaking confidence. You can get that at lindaugelow.com forward slash blueprint. That's U-G-E-L-O-W, lindaugelow.com forward slash blueprint. And I hope you're going to tune into the next episode of Women Inspired. Oh, oh, oh.
Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts. Music courtesy of Sheik Gamin. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV.